to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join with us now as Pastor Joe Pettick teaches from the book of Revelation. Chapter 6. Revelation chapter 6, verse 12. If you can turn with me, please. Revelation 6, 12. The title of our message this morning is Vengeance. Just recently, someone sent a, a letter to our church. It was kind of attacking the church. It was um, filled with lies. <laughs> Just something welled up in me, and I was... And uh, so I was going to march over there, and I was like, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. That's it. This is wrong. This is lies. They know it's lies. And that's what's real you know, funny about this. They know it's lies and this and that. So I'm just ready, and I'm just all welled up. And I, and I knew that that's not what the Lord wanted. But as I was thinking of it, the Lord just says, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. And the Bible tells us that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. You don't have to fight personally. God's, God's on your side. That doesn't mean we just lay back and we're like lap dogs and we don't do anything. It's like, oh, God's got this all. No, we're, he gives us wisdom. He gives us understanding. He gives us knowledge to take care of the issues at hand. And God is with us. And I know, you know, we're already seeing the fruit of him taking care of things and he's working it out. But I'll tell you, I have to say, I am so glad. I'm so you know, thankful that I didn't retaliate. Because I know if I would have retaliated, I would have felt terrible for whatever I would have said. I would have felt terrible about it. Vengeance is the Lord's. And part of what we're going to see in our message is God's going to avenge his people. Our sinful nature, we we like to retaliate. You know, I heard someone once say, hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. Usually people that are real hurt, they've been hurt by someone, they hurt other people. And And we have to realize that as Christians, God will take care of it. God's on our side. So again, in our text, we're going to see God's going to bring punishment on evil. He's going to bring punishment on those in the earth that will not receive the truth of the gospel and those that have come against his people. So with that as an introduction, let's go ahead. Let's take a look at our text. Revelation 6, picking up in verse 12. And it says, I looked, John the is speaking. When he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. And the stars of heaven fell to the earth, and fig, as a fig tree dropping, or excuse me, drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth, the great men, The rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand? Obviously, this is speaking about the time of tribulation. We've been looking at the time of tribulation into the future. And if you recall, the Apostle John, he's caught up into heaven. 
And the Apostle John gets to see into the future. He gets to see what's going to happen in, in the future time, dur- during the end times, after the church is raptured up, I believe. That's my eschatology. After we're, we're, we're caught up in the, in the cloud with the, with the Lord, we're caught up into heaven, devastation is going to happen on the earth. And John the Apostle, listen to this, though. This is so great. John the Apostle is caught up. He's caught into the future. And he writes this down so we can see into the future. Isn't that cool? So as we read this, we, we realize, and there's the group there. Hey, guys, good to have you here with us. I was looking for you guys. Good to have you guys. Uh, he gets to see into the future, and it's, he's writing it down exactly how it takes place. So, you know, I've heard some people say, well, can we pray for the devil that he gets saved? Did you ever hear someone say that before? <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry, but he can't get saved because we, we see the end. We see he rebelled against God. We see that, you know, there's going to be a false prophet. There's going to be the Antichrist. There's gonna, and we can read exactly what takes place into the future. And we can't change this. Do you know that? You can pray as hard as you want, but God's word stands forever. It's already happened in the heavens. That's what blows my mind. It's already taken place. He, he sees something that's into the future. And as we've been looking at, when, when Jesus is up in heaven, he has the title deed, we believe, the title deed to, to planet earth, and there's seals. They're called the seven sealed judgments. And every time he takes off a seal, judgment's going to take place on the earth. I kind of wonder sometimes, is he loosening them up right now? Because it seems like something's happening. Doesn't it seem like that on the earth these days? It's almost like he's peeling them open. He's just slightly bringing them, because it's, it's, it's devastating. But the Bible talks about how, like, it birth pangs. And, it, and as the closer we get to the end, it's going to, you know, so it starts off like a woman, you know, giving birth, and then there's, there's the birth pangs. I don't know. I've never gone through this before, but <laughs> I've heard. And they become more intense, and they become closer together and closer together and closer together. And I believe what's happening around this world is we're seeing the birth pangs. We're seeing the intensity, and it's getting closer, and they're getting closer, and they're getting closer, and we're close to the end. So he's taking off the seals one after another. People will start killing one another, as we looked at. Peace is going to totally be taken from the earth. There's going to be no peace on the earth, remember? A quarter of the earth's population will be destroyed. That's approximately 2 billion people are going to be wiped out during this seal judgment time. But now we have the sixth seal. But before the sixth seal, remember uh, the fifth seal, remember the the martyrs, those that were killed for for the, the word of God and for their testimony. Remember we looked at that the last time? And before we get too far, it says that uh, they were saying, how long, O Lord? Remember that back in verse, can you look at me with me, please? Uh, Chapter six, verse 10. Remember they cried out with a loud voice? I think I have it up here too. Here it is. And they cried out with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true? until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth. In other words, they're saying that the word avenge is, is, is to retaliate or punish. They, they were all slain because of their, their, their trust in Jesus, because they stood on the word, because they had faith in Jesus Christ. And, and during the time of tribulation, many are going to be wiped out. They're going to be beheaded for their faith. The Bible tells us that they're going to either have to take a mark and worship the beast, or they're going to have to die. So don't lose this picture. So we, we see in the heavenlies, and they're, they're in heaven, and they're martyred. They're, they're killed. And it says at, the, at the, the bottom of the altar, basically. I believe it says that because they're, they're at the altar because they were sacrificed. And that's where this, the, those that are sacrificed go to the altar, right? So they're saying, how long, Lord? So get the picture. They're in heaven. 
They died for their faith. They were, they, they were treated horribly on earth. And they're saying, Lord, they're doing so much damage on the earth to all these innocent Christians. How long is it going to be? Well, then the sixth seal comes. And that's what we're looking at. God does retaliate. And God does punish them. He avenges them. They're saying, when are you going to avenge us, Lord? And then the seal opens up. And he brings terrible punishment upon the earth. So... So look again, back if you can in your text, verse verse 12. And I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake. The first thing that happens, part of the punishment that's going to happen is an earthquake. Not just a earthquake, it says a great earthquake. The word great means violent, mighty, strong. Probably an earthquake like we've never experienced here on the earth yet. For note-takers, during the time of tribulation, there's three great earthquakes that are going to happen during the time of tribulation. The last earthquake, the third one, it says it's like none other that we've never seen on the earth. So there's going to be a huge earthquake that's going to take place. Earthquakes are strange, aren't they? But they're strange because your whole house starts shaking. It's like, what do you do? I mean, if the whole house crumbles, what are you going to do? It's like, do you really think if, it, if you hit, have a big jolt, you're just going to have time to run out the door and say, you know, it's, I mean, once it hits, it's, it's devastating. I remember there was an earthquake hit our house. I was in the restroom, and my wife was in the bed, and it was a pretty big one. It started shaking the house real bad, and I literally am thinking, wow, because I was thinking, this, do you ever think sometimes this could be the big one when it happens? And it was one of those. It was pretty strong. I said, this could be the big one. So I'm thinking, if she's in the other room, and somehow she dies and I'm alive, or if I die and she's alive, this isn't going to be good. So I literally was thinking that. In a second, I ran to be in bed with her. I'm thinking, if we're dying, baby, we're dying together. (laughs) Hopefully all the husband's hearts are kind of like that. That would be nice. Did you guys feel that one? I think it was, was it June 10th? It was like at 1 o'clock in the morning, the house shook. There's people here who said, no, I slept right through it. I didn't sleep through it. It woke me up. As we talk about earthquakes, I just want to show you in the news, I found this. It said 800 aftershocks swarm California after the 5.2 earthquake hit on June 10th, 2016. It said within the last 32 hours, more than 800 tremors from a magnitude of uh, 0.1 to 3.8 was reported within a few miles of the main quake's epicenter area. 800. Is that, can you even fathom that? 800 little shocks afterwards. What about this? Big one coming. Scientists say a 9.3 magnitude earthquake is possible as, uh, for California as California keeps trembling. It says a devastating 9.3 magnitude earthquake powerful enough to unleash a tsunami could strike the west coast of America. I wonder where that's at. After a series of tremors on a major fault line. Earthquakes. It was funny, my wife and I were at her last dentist appointment. I wasn't going to share this, but my wife has one fear that's real bad. And truly, she can get up on stage with 100,000 people, no problem, sing, you know, no problem, quote scripture, do Bible studies, but bring her to the dentist office and there's fear. Sorry, I didn't know if I was going to share that or not, but now everybody knows. So I, I, if she has an appointment, she never goes to the, the dentist alone. I'm always with her, you know, and it's, it's fun. I love being there. And there's some believers there. That our dentist himself, he's a, he's a believer, and we talk about the Lord a lot. And, but this last time, the, the dentist assistant, she's not a believer, and she says, did you feel that last earthquake? And 
It's like one in the morning. We say, yeah, we felt it. She says, I couldn't go back to sleep. She goes, those things scare me. And we're like, that's probably a good thing, you know? So she come to the Lord. So we're there, and the dentist is working on my wife, you know? And, and I always try to think about how to witness to her. I don't know if this is, you know, if you've done this before, but he's a believer, but I know she's not a believer, and she's got to be there the whole time assisting, you know? So I talked to him about the Bible. So I'm talking about end times and, you know, what the Bible says about end times, what we're learning about at the church. And, and you could tell she's just like, I don't want to hear this. She's like... <laughs> I should probably not do that while she's got instruments in my, mouth, my wife's mouth, right? <laughs> but this last time I'm talking about end times, and the Bible said this, and I go, this is so fascinating. And I was like, and I'm telling them these scriptures. She says, wow, I didn't even know that. I said, yeah, yeah. And literally, check this out. She got so upset, she, she dropped her utensil, whatever they're called, those instruments, and she put them down. She goes, I'm going to let you clean up. And she walked out of the... I'm like, Wow. But the good thing is she, she fears earthquakes. And the reason why I say that is because, did you know during the tribulation period, earthquakes are going to be used to bring people to the Lord? Check this out. Look up Revelation eleven thirteen. This is an earthquake that's going to happen in Jerusalem, in the city of Jerusalem. When the prophets are raised up from the dead, the two witnesses will be raised up from the dead. An earthquake's going to hit after that, it says. And in the same hour... After they rise up from the dead, a great earthquake hits, and a tenth of the city fell. Check this out. In the, in the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed. This is the future. And the rest were afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. In other words, the, the rest of them, 7,000 died. There's this great earthquake. Many people are dying all around. And they said, okay, we get it. We praise you, God. Mercy, please. So earthquakes can be used in a good way to bring people to the Lord. Some believe that this devastation that takes place in our text here, the, the sun becoming black like sackcloth, the moon becoming like blood, the, the stars dropping and all, some believe this could be a nuclear attack, a nuclear war, a worldwide nuclear war. Because the sun, you know, the, the nuclear fallout will block out the sun, possibly. And they, some believe that possibly the, the, the stars that are falling, maybe these are missiles, nucle, nuclear missiles that are, that are going through. But I, I don't believe that, but it's possible. We don't know. We're not sure exactly what this is, but we know for sure this is the wrath of God. And it tells us very clearly that it's the wrath of God. If you look back at verse 16... Because then they said, those that, you know, fled to the mountains and they, they, they hid in the rocks. It says, they said to the mountains and the rocks, to fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne. And look at this, and from the wrath of the lamb. Doesn't that sound like an oxymoron? Wrath, lamb. Have you ever seen a fierce lamb? Have you ever, you know, run the other way because there was a lamb around you? The wrath of the lamb. Jesus. The Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And then it goes on to say, verse 17, for the great day of his wrath has come. And who is able to stand? God's provided salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ became the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. As John the Baptist saw him, he said, behold, as he saw his cousin and he realized this is the Messiah, he said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And Jesus was sacrificed for, for the sins of all the world. And his salvation is free for everyone. And his love is shown, you know, through even creation, that he's a, he's a God of creation. But when people reject Jesus Christ and the salvation that's freely given to them, his wrath will be poured out. 
And it says, who can stand? Well, I can tell you one group that can stand. We are as a church, I believe. And to me, this shows this is the beginning of the tribulation periods. Because then they'll say, then people with different eschatology will say, well, then that means that this is happening in the middle. So, because I believe in that, that, you know, the rapture takes place in the middle of the tribulation. Well, really, this is the beginning. This is the seven seals that are, are taken out. And then they're going to have the bold judgment and on and on and on. So I don't believe that, that God is going to pour out his wrath on us. And it even tells us that. And first, most of you know this already, but First Thessalonians 5, 9, for God did not appoint us to wrath but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Who's able to stand? We're going to be standing in heaven. We're able to stand when wrath is being poured out. And, and please understand this. It's the wrath on those that reject the gospel, those that are evil, those that follow after the Antichrist in his wicked ways. They're going to be judged. God's going to punish them. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. He's going to judge them. I found a great quote. It says, If men and women will not yield to the love of God and be changed by the grace of God, then there is no escaping the wrath of God. Let me read it again to you. If men and women will not yield to the love of God and be changed by the grace of God, then there is no escaping the wrath of God. That's a true statement. If, if we don't... As men and women, if we don't yield to God's love and his sacrifice of his son Jesus, if we don't yield to that, if we don't allow him to change us by his Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit living inside of us, then there's going to be no escaping the wrath of God. And we're reading about it in the future. So it's kind of neat. We, we get to look at the end of the book. Do you ever do that? You read a book and it's like, you go right to the end. You're like, I want to know what happens at the end. Nobody does that. Just me, right? <laughs> but that's what we get to do here. We get to look at the end of the book. We get to see what's going to happen at the end. And we get to realize we don't want to be there when God's wrath is poured out. But I want to use this text to remind us that God is our avenger. He avenges us. It reminds us that as believers that vengeance belongs to God, that he fights our battles. When I was in the corporate world, I managed a water meter company back in Michigan, as I mentioned a few times. When managing, sometimes we had strong-willed people that worked for the company. I had this one strong-willed man that worked for the company, and I would see patterns, and I had to keep on them, and, you know, just in love as a Christian now, before I would just, you know, talk to him differently, but as a Christian, I, the Lord just, you know, I had to keep on him and just speak the truth in love and, and deal with it, and actually, God was using him to change me, to teach me how to love those that aren't lovable. And I noticed a pattern whenever he would go on a different project that, you know, he would like, he, was, he had such a strong personnel and he was such a strong leader that he would kind of persuade my whole group, my whole team. So I'd put him on this job, the whole team's complaining. So I'd take him off that job and I'd put him on another job and that team starts complaining. He was a big producer, you know, so it's like we wanted to keep him, but I had to really kind of deal with him a lot. And one of the projects we sent him on, he, he had everybody complaining. Everybody's just up in arms, and they're complaining about this and that and the other. And I just, I, it was one of those days I was just fed up. And I remember the project was like an hour away from my, my house, and I'm ready to go down there, and I'm going to fire the whole group. I'm going to just fire the whole team. And I'm in my car. I'm rehearsing when I'm going to say, okay, you, you're fired, and you. And I'm just, I'm just like going crazy with this. Like I'm just driving down the expressway and making my way to the project. Well, it was wintertime in, in, uh, in Michigan there, and I hit a piece of black ice. And literally, my car just went out of control. And my steering wheel was just, I had nothing. I was, just, I was moving my steering wheel. It was just all black ice. And I was just like, and as that's happening, I started gliding right into the car next to me. I was going about 70 miles an hour on the expressway. 
And I literally looked over at the car next to me, and you could put a dime between my car and the other car. And all I could do, I didn't have time. I just said, God, help. Lord, help. I closed my eyes. I'm like, that's it. I'm wiping out. I don't know if I'm going to die. And as I said that, the steering wheel went back in place, and then I was able to, to drive again, and I was back on the road. I was like, whoa, what just happened? How did I miss that? I'm going to look for that angel up in heaven that's flat, that looks like this up in heaven. It's just, <laughs> he's up there. He's there. He's just like this. And the Lord got my attention and spoke to me at that point and says, don't fire these guys. I love them. I want you to deal with them. I want you to talk with them, but I don't want you to fire them. And it was awesome because I went there and I was a whole different attitude, let me tell you. And God was able to pour out his love in my heart and I could, you know, as I dealt with them, says, guys, you know, you know, this is wrong because of this and we got to work together. And it just, it was great. The Lord gave me wisdom and understanding and it was like, vengeance is mine. I'll repay. I've got you. Just deal with the situation. Don't over deal with the situation. And it was so great because after that, everything was great. We went outside and we're standing outside. I kid you not, a, a flock of seagulls flew by and they went to the bathroom. They dumped to the bathroom right on this guy and hit nobody else but this one guy that was giving me a hard time. <laughs> and he's covered with white coating. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. It's important as we deal with people in life, as we deal with problems, to always do it in love, to always seek the wisdom of the Lord, to seek his counsel, to trust that he's working behind the scenes on our behalf, that he's on the throne and he'll always work things out for our eternal welfare. He's not always concerned about our temporal comforts, but he's always concerned with our eternal welfare. Paul the Apostle tells us in Romans 12, 17, repay no evil with, for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with, what does it say, some men down there? Does it say most men? No, it doesn't. It says with all men. Repay no evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. Never repay evil with evil. My grandfather used to always tell me growing up, and I wasn't raised in a Christian home, but he used to always tell me, you know, kill him with kindness. And there's some truth to that. You know, through this, I think about King David before he was put on the throne and 1 Samuel 25, and hopefully you know this story, when David was in the wilderness of Paran, and he was trying to stay away from King Saul, King Saul wanted to have him killed, King Saul was jealous of him, if you know the story, and it tells us that while he's out in the wilderness, that he saw some shepherds taking care of their sheep, and, and it tells us that David was concerned, and what he did is he, he kind of encamped around these shepherds, and he protected them that none of them would be lost and that nobody would come in and attack or steal them. And while that was taking place, David found out that Nabal was the owner of these sheep. And it was a feast day, so he sent 10 of his men to go talk with this rich man, Nabal, and he had the 10 men talk kindly to him and say, hey, you know what, I don't know if you realize this, but your sheep are being taken care of. You know, we've got 600 men out there. We're taking care of everything. Nothing's being lost, and we're watching out for them. And by the way, would it, if, it, if you're kind enough, can you maybe give us some food for the feast day? And if you know the story, Nabal was rude to them and says, I don't know David. I don't care about David. Basically, I'm paraphrasing. And he sent him away. Then if you know the rest of the story... Remember Abigail, remember she went home and her husband was drunk? Matter of fact, it says he was very drunk. 
And she didn't want to tell him because he was too drunk. So she waited till morning and then she told him what happened, that she met up with David and what she did and how she gave him you know, food to eat and everything. And it said that he was so upset. It said his, his heart became like a stone or he became like a stone and he died. It says the Lord struck him and he died. And I want to show you what David, what David said when he heard that. It says, and when David heard that, Nabal was dead. He said, blessed be the Lord who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal. It says, for he has kept his servant from evil. For the Lord has returned the wickedness of Nabal on his own head. I don't believe this means that God is going to strike dead everybody that comes against us. But I do believe that God takes care of our enemies when our enemies come against us. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.